0: Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, January 26, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. As we look at the daily chart, what we're going to do is discuss the things that jump off the chart based on the daily chart. Then we'll go down and look at other charts, other time frames, and we'll look around the horn at other markets. What do we have on the docket on the daily chart? We have another day where the range is rather narrow. They did bust through to make a new high early in the morning. They finished near the lows of the day, but all in all, they really didn't get very far in either direction. They're still doing the bullish, flaggish kind of thing in the very upper range or near the all-time highs. So, as such, there's a couple of things going on. The first order of businesses, let's take a look at a different daily chart. We looked at this one last night, we'll look at it again today. It's the S&P e mini futures contract. So the daily chart looks slightly different than the SPY. All in all, they're the same, but it looks a little bit tighter and you can see more clearly what I'm referring to. You've had a move higher and now you've had eating time off the clock, run a test of the breakup candle low, and they're basically in a bullish, flaggish kind of formation. Therefore, The next thing that generally will happen is another move or another leg to the upside. When does the next move to the upside not happen? When do we see a failure? How do we know when a failure is occurring? Well, based on the current daily chart, the information we have today on the daily chart, we're using the breakup candle low that was tested yesterday on Monday as our near-term bogey. There'll be other numbers south of that, but for now, as long as the market stays above the low of the breakup candle on daily closes, there's technically nothing wrong with the market. They're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until what? Until she tells you to go take a hike. We're back on the SPY chart, and I thought I would point out a little nuance. We'll see what happens later with this information. Let me move the chart over a little bit. And I want to point something out. We looked at the ES chart, and they did run a test of the breakup candle low. Fair enough. Check the box, and you move it along. On the SPY chart, it shows the gaps. The futures chart doesn't show the gap. So I want to take a look at this from a perspective that we've discussed before. We discussed this from an intraday perspective inside the numbers. We also discussed this from a daily chart perspective and beyond. Yesterday, the market ran down on the futures chart. They tested a breakup candle low. On the SPY chart, they filled a gap and took off, finished strong on the day. They essentially went right back up rapidly. That's, generally speaking, using the 80-20 rule at minimum, that's bullish behavior. What's that line at 382.50? That's another intraday line in the sand. We didn't get there today. However, closing hourly below that number would necessarily mean that a failure, or a potential failure, was at hand. Here's another one. So we notch it down to the hourly chart, and check this out. Remember we discussed yesterday this breakdown candle? We had the high of three four sixty four. Until and unless they got above that high and started closing candles above that high, then they were susceptible to have this move down and release the energy in the southern direction. Okay, fair enough. Now, today, what did we have? They opened above, they tried to break out, and they somewhat failed. They didn't really fail, but they just didn't have the breakout. They closed back below that number until the second-to-last candle of the day. They closed above it, and then in the last candle of the day, they closed below it. How do we read that? Very carefully. They're teetering around the number. They haven't been rejected from that area. That's the way I have to read it, based on the fact that they've been back and forth, closing above, closing below, but they've never really been rejected away from that by any meaningful amount of points, or cents, or whatever you want to call it. Now, let's look at it another way. 384.64 is the number, now that's the line. Let's see what we have after the 4 o'clock close. Here's a 10-minute chart of the SPY, This includes the aftermarket activity. So here is 1,600 hours, that's 4 o'clock. The next candle over is 4 o'clock to 4.10 p.m. And look what happened. They ran right up to get back above that number. And guess what? The 4.15 close is important. Why is that? The 4.15 close is the close of the futures market. Here's the futures chart. There's the 4.15 close. You see the last candle of the day after the four o'clock close, you get a 15 minute ramp back up above an important spot. So it's interesting information. I don't know how many people actually look at this. I don't know how many people care about this. I care about this because I think it's a tell of what's coming forward. What does that mean? What's coming tomorrow morning? Why did they do that? Why did they run back up to a specific spot? right after the closing bell, but before the futures closed. I think there's a method to the madness. I don't think there are any accidents or coincidences. And I think those that pay attention to the nuances are the ones that find success long term. What about inside the numbers? We'll come back to stocks on the move. We always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't want there to be any secrets, therefore I choose to hold this as an open book. First, we'll check out the commentary. The pre-market commentary, it's turnaround Tuesday. The futures took a trip down south last night to run a test or retracement of sorts, but snapped right back. Again, the trend is your friend, it's the dominant force. Again, it's also hard to kill a bull. We should note that, we should bring that up again We're in a bull market, the trend is your friend, the trend is up. It is hard to kill a bull. Eventually, the bull dies, but it's hard to kill the bull. That's just the way it works. 384.64 is the breakdown candle high discussed in Monday night's video. Whether they trade above or below that number will be telling for the morning session today. Once again, here's a look at a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. They opened above. But they didn't necessarily stay above all day. But you can see the importance of 384.64. It's going to be support. It's going to be resistance. It's magnetic because it's an important spot. So they trade in and around that spot. Obviously, there are other numbers above. There are other numbers below. But that's certainly an important spot. And where does it come from? It comes from the hourly chart. It's the breakdown candle high. The same stuff happens over and over and over again, which is why we pay attention to the nuances. There's no secrets here. You find this stuff out by watching the charts and paying attention. Let's move it along and see what else we have in the notes. Little bit of early thoughts. What I urge you to do is pause the video. Read the notes for yourself. I'm gonna scroll up and let you do the heavy lifting if you're at all interested to participate or are participating in the markets during the trading day, then this can be a valuable tour guide. If you're not interested, you'll skip over it, and we move on. As we do move forward, I will highlight a couple of things or two. But the most important number on the board today was 384.64, and then we had 384, which was also important. You'll see that repeated over and over again. And as we scroll up, what you'll also notice is that we again discuss the fact that we've got divergences on our hands again. All the markets aren't trading in sync. That generally means something's about to happen, whether it's a move up, whether it's a move down, whether it's a move up and a failure, whether it's something else. Something bigger than a bread box is likely to happen sooner than later. Here we cite some numbers that the bulls need to close above to get another leg higher going, And then later on, what you'll also find is we had another spot and another spot, meaning we knew on the downside that under a certain number, open the door for 382.50, but there's another spot 383.40, give or take should be support and is the gateway to 382.50. Let's see about 383.40. Now the line represents 383.40, the horizontal line, and you can see As the market came down in the pullback formation, if you will, never got there making a low of 383.56 and bouncing away, rallying away, only to come back into the end of the day. The concept was right. The number was slightly off. And what you also find in light volume markets, which is again what we had today, light volume slash quiet markets, chop shop formation, is sometimes it's hard to get them to actually reach a number on the downside. You have a lack of sellers out there. Let's move along so you can read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts, double check the work, see what's going on, understand what's being discussed, understand what's being taught inside the numbers. Now we go back to stocks on the move and you'll see there were only four opportunities on the board. They'll begin to come fast and furious, they just haven't hit the board yet in the morning session. They will. But AXP and MAS are listed as hitting their entry targets. But there are some caveats, so let's go to the charts and see what we've got. AXP, American Express, we'll cover first. Here's the caveat here. In the last five minutes of the day, it hit the number and bounced off of it. It doesn't count, but it's interesting to see it work nonetheless. The numbers work. The numbers never lie. MAS or MASCO, not the same as AXP, came in late in the day, but that's after coming close and eating time off the clock. When they eat time off the clock above the number, we don't really want that trade. It changes the scope of the trade. It changes what the trade is really meant to be. We like them to come straight in. The faster they come in, the more likely we are to get a bounce. Feels like a falling knife, but they're actually headed to a destination. Those are the ones we want. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So this is interesting. We're down over 1%, over $2 in the IWM. The SPY finishes up slightly on the day. We have a doji candle from yesterday after they made a new high, and they're trading lower today. Could one be short against yesterday's high? And the answer is, yes, they could, Again, we're going to reiterate one more time that you need something to trade against. You use a sign and a signal of a trend change, and then if you have something to trade against, you have a potential trade on your hands. Not to say it's going to work. There's no guarantee it will work. Sometimes in a scenario like this where we're trying to catch a short trade for not only a multi-day trade, but will likely be a multi-week to multi-month trade, you might have some fits and starts. Remember, it's hard to kill a bull. You might have to try the trade two or three times to catch one that works, even with the proper setup. Here, anyway, is the proper setup. So you can trade this short against yesterday's high. How does that work? If they close a day above the high of yesterday, the trade is wrong, you have to cut and run, and you move on. That's the way it works. If you have to lose, you lose small and fast. Those are the rules. What's the other side? The other side is we have to play umpire calling balls and strikes. The other side of what we just discussed is the trend is up. They're above all the moving averages. There's technically nothing wrong with the IWM. They can come down a little bit, stay above all the moving averages, and go right back up. That's what happens when the trend has a grip on the market. The trend is the dominant thing. Here's a puzzle piece for you. The IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. It was down $2.42 today, over 1%. The SPY was basically flat on the day, give or take. It's a rounding error. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Specifically, after yesterday's signal of a potential trend change. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What about the folks down at the Transportation Department? Well, down 200 points today, over 1.5%. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Again, puzzle piece on the table. The transports, we could say, are beginning to roll over. Why are they rolling over if, in fact, the market, meaning the S&P 500, the Dow, the Qs, if they're going to have another leg higher, wouldn't the transports and the IWM be signaling such? I say under normal garden variety market conditions, using the 80-20 rule, the answer is yes, they would. Here's an hourly chart. I think this is neat when it happens like this. Look at these two candles. Here you have a red one, here you have a green one. You have a breakdown candle, and then you have a breakup candle inside the breakdown candle. What do you do with that? Well, you don't know exactly which way it's going to go or what exactly is going to happen. However, you can use the things that you learn in the course at Lazy E-mini Trader to decipher what's going on. So right here, interestingly enough, on time, they run a test of the breakup candle low. The low is 12,642 spot 20. The closing price today on this hourly candle is higher than that by a fraction. Interesting, they spiked it, but they closed above it. Is that the way the chart, or the transports in this case, is trying to tell us something? They wouldn't close below the breakup candle low, not yet anyway. It's interesting, food for thought, interesting to watch tomorrow morning on Wednesday. You lose that low, and the dominant thing becomes the breakdown candle. They'll release the energy in the southern direction, and there's a lot lower prices at hand. Like, at least a couple of hundred points lower. How about the Qs? We'll even start on the hourly chart with the cues. Why? Because it's interesting to discuss what's happening at the end of the day today into potentially Wednesday morning. So we have the same breakdown candle, the same breakdown candle high we've been discussing. And what were they doing? They were eating time off the clock near the high. Not getting rejected from the high is a tell. They were building energy to do what? Bust through the high. Sometimes they can't bust through the high. They have trouble. Then what happens? Then the easier thing to do is gap over the price. So let's see if tomorrow the queues are going to gap over that price. Look where they are in the after hours. They're at 330 and change. Why is that? Because Microsoft is driving the NASDAQ higher They're trading higher after their earnings report. We'll see if it carries over to Wednesday. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Do we get any information from the daily chart? We had a very narrow-ranging day, pretty much hanging around the opening and close of yesterday's price. Doesn't tell us anything. We have no choice but to move it along. How about the XLF? How come the XLF isn't powering forward? Why is it rolling over along with the transports and a few other things? It's interesting. It's puzzle piece stuff. They're on the table. Now, that said, the XLF isn't that far away from some support down near 29. But you all know where my interest is in the XLF. My interest is in the weekly chart. I want to see if they stay above... Or they recapture in the southern direction the breakdown, the big bad breakdown candle high. Thirty dollars and six cents is the bogey. What about Smashmouth? All of a sudden we have interesting action going on. Down three dollars and sixty-two cents, one and a half percent. All of a sudden Smashmouth starts to come in toward its twenty-period moving average. The transport's rolling over. The financials rolling over, smash mouth starting to roll over, not confirming a breakout, not just yet, anyway. The SMH is generally a pretty good proxy for the tech space, so this is worth watching over the next trading day or two. Or how about every single day? I suppose we have to bring up GameStop. A lot of emails coming in on GameStop, I totally understand why. It's been a bananas case It's been a redonkulous situation. What's going on with GameStop? Well, I don't know specifically what's going on with GameStop, but I'm going to give you my opinion with what's going on at GameStop. And by the way, here's the after hours activity, and it's trading at $227 a share. It's up another 100 bucks. This is the mother of all short squeezes. I think I could remember one that may have been similar, if not worse, than this one. Worse for the people short, that is. This is the ultimate conveyor belt of pies in the face. There's no other way to say it. So what's actually happening? Well, there are probably a few, and I have no idea how many, but probably a few hedge funds that are short GME. Okay, fair enough. That's normal garden variety market activity. However... When you get a short squeeze you have other hedge funds with capital that just drive the price higher they keep buying it they create momentum the robin hood guys jump on board the reddit traders jump on board who knows where they're coming from but everybody and their brother is driving this thing higher and it goes from short squeeze to pump and dump only you haven't seen the dump yet ultimately one or maybe more than one of those hedge funds that are short this stock will what's called in the business blow up they'll have a margin call that surpasses the capital on hand they'll have to liquidate and that's the end of the fund and that will generally mark the top in gme now i don't know that to be the case i'm just saying that's likely to happen this is my opinion i really don't know what's going on under the covers with gme it's quite the situation